Would you care to step outside? Superman. What's going on here? Who are you? The lasso of Warning, PC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sh- sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Things are back, bitches! Woo! Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to DC on RMD Titans Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can take us mobile by checking us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and search DC on RMD. Once you go there and you, you'll find us, go ahead and leave us a, a review. It helps us out a lot. Um, my name is Steven. You've heard me before on some of the other DC shows. And today with me, I have David. Hello. And Michael. Hello. And we're going to be breaking down Season 2, Episode 1 of Titans. But before we get into that, we want to kind of recap a little bit of Season 1 and give you our thoughts on that. Since we didn't we didn't cover Season 1 like we normally do a lot of the DC shows uh, from CW or, or DCU. And that was because we weren't sure really if it was <laughs> going to be something that went anywhere. We were, we were late to the party. <laughs> we were a little late to the party. I think we were cautiously optimistic I would like to say. Well, they didn't help themselves initially when they first unveiled Titans mm-hmm. and that initial negative reaction where people were like going, what the hell are we looking at? That first Comic-Con trailer was awful. Yeah, it, it was it awful. Was. I, I think people were turned off. A lot of people were turned off with the fuck Batman. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people were saying, you know, the Batman stuff, the stuff they did with Gar and Corey mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was... There was a lot of negativity that just came out of the floodgates first. Yeah, and, and and unfortunately, with the way the trailer was cut, some things were wildly taken out of context. Yes. And if if you sit down and watch it, you will probably be pleasantly surprised and happy with what you get. Yes. How much business do you think they lost off that trailer? Because oh, they th- lost a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They Whoever cut that trailer probably should be removed off marketing duty. I'm a, I'm a hardcore Titans fan. And like a lot of me and my friends love, love the Titans. And we were like going, this isn't our Titans. It just it's, felt like they were did, trying too hard to be risque. Yeah. And edgy. Yeah. And it's like they, they're missing the point of what made the Titans great. Yeah, and but but that said, you know, we all sat down and we gave it a we, shot. we gave it a shot. And I don't know about you guys. I mean, obviously you watched it all, but it only took me maybe the first twenty thirty minutes of episode one. I'm like, I dig it. I'm in. Yeah, same here. I was like, I I sat. I remember sitting down and like just folding my arms, going, okay. Let's just be positive and hope. Mm-hmm. Your hope. That's exactly please, how I was too. I was like, please. all right, it's time to watch this shit. Because right. I, 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 I love the Titans. I mean, the Titans are, are my go-to team. When you, when you ask me like my favorite teams, Avengers, X-Men, no, it's the Titans because okay. like as a, as we don't talk about Marvel on this show, <laughs> we don't talk about them, any, but like with the Titans, our fan base is super loyal and like it's, a, it's got, one of those fandoms in a fandoms. It's, it's a fandom yeah. within a fandom and I'm very proud to be part of it. And I'll be honest, all of us were like saying, this is going to be, 
but but what sold me on those initial 15 20 minutes or whatever even less than was that opening scene or shot in the circus tent the the mood that it, that was set in that first yeah. episode yes and i i wow it's all about those personal stories that basically mean everything to those characters and in a way us as readers grew up with them watching them go through that and like when they opened up with that i was like going okay you got me here so i understand where we're going you're mm-hmm. trying to tell us a really deep involving story about robin a personal story a personal right. story and i think that's also what immediately drew me in because the moment they set the tone like you were saying steve i was like okay i see what you're doing here this is going to be character driven Mm -hmm. this isn't about how many f-bombs we can drop and how many throats we can cut because we can get away with it on this new streaming service no it was about character and they used the dark themes and the graphic violence and even the curse words they used it in a way that helped expand the story and explain where our characters were at at that moment in the story. And that's Mm -hmm. why all that stuff worked because I'm not one of those advocates. And I say this a lot. I'm not one of those advocates that need graphic violence and cursing. And I'm okay with it. If it's radar, if it's PG 13 or if it's PG, as long as it fits with the story and whatever you're doing, the content you're using, whether it be mature or lighthearted, as long as it's used to expand on the characters and break out a decent story that's yes. what matters drive the narrative yes and, and i think in in this case in particular with specific characters like i'll use jason as an example it works greatly for him absolutely and yes. and so I'm, I'm with you mike you know you, you look at something like sin city you have to have that feel and that grit and the language and the vibe or you wouldn't have Sin City. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you have a trailer cut so awkwardly, it kind of puts people off and they go, well, this isn't what I am accustomed. This isn't what? Yeah. This isn't Titans. But then when you see it in context, you go, this is where he's at mentally, emotionally, psychologically as a character. Yes. And then and, you go, I get it. And that's that's what the whole thing about like the old Titan comics were. The old Teen Titans was like, they focused a lot on interpersonal relationships like that would mean something to that character that grows him. He doesn't start off as Nightwing. He's, he's always, he Mm -hmm. starts off as Robin and becomes Nightwing. Mm -hmm. And And there's a reason why he becomes Nightwing. It's not like, Hey, yes, it was originally done to sell more comics. You know, how much more life can we get out of Dick Grayson and the Robin character? Well, we've done all the stories we can with Robin. What's next? Yes. There's a, there's a money, uh, you know, a monetization reason behind it, but at least they also gave it a good reason in terms of story as well. Yeah, and, and honestly, I love the character of Nightwing. They did him more justice than anything I've ever seen in season one as a show or any character I've ever seen. Because, like, one thing that they I love that they elaborated on was the problem between Robin and Batman when Mm. Robin initially leaves in the comics, it's always been alluded that, well, he wanted to get out of Bruce's shadow, yada, 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 whatever. And that was it. They never really delved into it. And then like that first episode, I'm like going, they're delving into one of the greatest mysteries as a Titans fan. You wanted to know, or even as a Batman fan or as a Batman fan is like, okay, why the heck did Dick Grayson choose to become Nightwing? Mm-hmm. And, and they and, explained it 
And they explained it. Yep. And, and they explained it over time. And, and yeah. I think the only place, I mean, I'm sure if you went really deep in some ethers of, of the comic lore, you'd find more to it. But where I've seen it really done well personally was in the Arkham games. I felt like they really, in the dialogue, and, and, and mm-hmm. you got that sense. You, you got that sense. But Titans, I really appreciated Titans the first season because they just said, we're not going to allude to it. We're going to say this is it for mm-hmm. verbatim. This is why he leaves. This is this is the main problem. It's more about it's it's more than just I want to escape the, yeah. the shadow of Batman. Right. There, there's some baggage. There's, there's some baggage. Yes. Thank you, Steve, for saying baggage because there's so many people who are misinterpreting season one. And even when they're saying it and giving it a positive spin and in the reviews leading into the second season, I've seen a lot more blog headlines pop up that this season promises not to have such an angsty Dick Grayson. I'm like, he wasn't angsty. No, he he wasn't angsty. He was a man that was struggling with his identity. Mm -hmm. He was a man that was struggling with his own moral compass. Yes. He was a man that wasn't built like Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole point behind his story in the first season was he isn't Bruce Wayne. He can't continue down this route because mm-hmm. he would become something evil, not mm-hmm. Batman. Batman wasn't the evil, you know, creature in the night. It was the idea of what he would become if he continued to follow Batman. Yes. That was the entire point. And yet people were saying, oh, he's angsty Dick Grayson, teen angst. Like, and- no, that's not what it was at all. They completely... No missed the point of the amazing amazing psychological dissection of dick grayson and and that's the key right there that that i think the season one and and even into season two which the way i kind of broke down the episode drills in on some a specific scene or series of scenes it's it's batman's always been about the psychology and and everything yeah. around batman's all all the characters all the villains everything is a psychological fragmentation of some kind and they really played that up in in this series in the show so far and really honed that in around dick and all that baggage he's carrying and how batman amplified and bestowed baggage on him that he's struggling to come to terms with well the thing i really enjoyed was the fact that they took a idea that they that a lot of comic book fans and a lot of comic book writers associate with batman is like the damage that he is reflects on his rogues gallery, right? Yeah. No one ever talks about, well, Batman as a person, what about the people that, not just his rogues gallery, but the people that he cares about, his family, they still get affected. Mm-hmm. You know, Alfred's not just a butler that just stands there and, would you like tea, sir? Right. No. He, he, you have to expect a person that's actually seeing that is going to be just as damaged. And then when they did it with Dick Grayson in season one, I applauded them. I was like going, okay, he's not, as Mike put it, like angsty. I hated when a lot of people said, oh, he just looks so angsty. No, that's not angst. Think about it. If you were a child and you just were trained by a adult who basically took you under his wing as an adopted father to beat the shit out of people – You'd be kind of twisted also. It would take a toll. It would take a toll on you. I think I'd dig it. (laughs) 
And <laughs> I like the fact that Mike brought the moral compass issue yeah. because that was the whole. That's the whole. That's why he thing. chose to kill Batman at the end yeah. of the first season. season. People completely missed the point. It was a great way to just. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. add, you know, a, a definite conclusion. Like, yeah, this is what the story's been about. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So as we go into season two here, you know, what do you have expectations? And if so, are are you moderating them, keeping them kind of close to the vest? Or oh, I, are I, they as wild and, and as they were with Swamp Thing? <laughs> I was. I was going into season two, like going, okay, let's just... You know, we enjoyed season one because we tailored our, our expectations. But this freaking episode <laughs> just like said, nah, we're, we have our ex- expectations now blown out of the water. Because, number one, you're dealing with arguably one of the greatest Teen Titans storylines ever. Especially when you unveil the, the special character in the very mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that the story of the Judas contract is so important to Titans mm. and the fact that they're going to touch on it. I'm like, oh, yes, because it fits so perfectly what we got in season one, because like you want to question people's morals and everything. Oh, that storyline just blew the, blew the roof off of the teen Titan team because that's where Robin became Nightwing. That's mm-hmm. why Robin became Nightwing. <laughs> yep. And and so to that end, um, you know, I, I was I had read and I didn't put it in the notes, but I had I'd stumbled upon an article that I read the other day and, and they had mentioned where there had been kind of swamp thing all over again. Um <laughs> where there was supposed to have been more episodes to season one. Yeah. And then it got lopped off. Fucking Warner Brothers, dude. Right. God damn it. Not and again. So, and so, yeah. <laughs> hey, we have a really great show here. Let's just um, can't let's um, fuck it up. Yeah. Let's cut the last episode. And so I guess from a cliffhanger perspective, they had a really, really good one from season one where you're going, oh, wow. Yeah. But then when we get into this first episode of season two, it very much felt kind of out of place and felt like, wait, was this the last episode from season it one? It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, the showrunner did an interview, I want to say December 2018, about uh, right when the season ended, I think. And he he actually delved into that just a bit, that he had been cut an episode order and he was left trying to figure out what he was going to do. And he said, you know, luckily I had a moment in episode 11 that felt like it could be an ending so it worked that being said he was left going into the second season trying to wrap that story up because that story was never supposed to be a part of season two yes the death stroke introduction all of that was supposed to be so basically what we saw in the new episode was supposed to be the final episode they were going to introduce Deathstroke, introduce all those extra aspects yep. as a way to tease for the second season. <laughs> because, and it made sense, especially how this episode felt. That, right. And that would have made sense. Instead, we got what I think we all agree was a very disjointed beginning. So yeah. before we get into it, let's take a break and we'll come back and start breaking down uh, episode or season two, episode one, Trigon. I will find him!
This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. That's operation. And that all comes down to Bob Iger's desire to burn things down the moment it doesn't turn out exactly how he wants it. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, hold on. I got actual footage of him burning down Galaxy's Edge. This is him. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And he didn't care that people were there, too. He thought, you guys failed me. <laughs> Yeah. This is actual footage of him burning down Galaxy's Edge because he really get the flamethrower. Real life footage of Bob Iger burning down Galaxy's Edge <laughs> because it didn't live up to his expectations. He did it to the Star Wars movies. He's a, oh Solo didn't make as much money. Burn it down! Burn it down! Burn it down! <laughs> what about our other standalone movies? Kathleen Kennedy. Burn her too! <laughs> Put her on a stake! Burn the witch! <laughs> Take two! Take two! <laughs> My thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Search. Back to take. That is to your favorites. Thank you. And we will see you very soon. I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Geek Out Saturday. I've never been a fan of Superman because I was never a fan of that overpowered character. Oh, well, I'll shoot you then. Nope, I'm bulletproof. Well, then I'll cut you. Can't. You don't need an entire three-episode arc to give characters closure. There's little things that they're doing to give us that finale-ishness. That we, that's not even a word, but I just made it. That's so cool, like, just to get that insight. And I think that's what makes this movie special for me. Right. Is that we have the Batman I grew up with. The Joker I grew up with. Sean, when we go to cons, because he will chase after actors. Like, no, not if you're representing the show. If you're representing uh, the show, do not chase after these people, please. (laughs) Exactly. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Least entertaining, you know, like oh a guy God. gets a horse. What are you on about? Tony, a guy being yeah, no, dragged a guy gets by a rope no, 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 by no, no, a not white drag. A, not drag. A black guy being pulled. No, not okay. pulled. This is this is <laughs> a black guy tied by ropes. Yes. Go being ahead. led by a horse and a white man on that horse with a cowboy hat. Yeah, I think it it's not been, entertaining. No, I think it would have been less We are making it entertaining. It, it would have been less offensive if the uh, black individual was on a horse and riding side by side. You can say so that. Like, That's not the problem. No, term no, here. you know, like they'll be riding side by side. Like what did he Mo say? Ranger black and individual. <laughs> You want him to be a black Tonto. No, no he just side by side. The side. side by side with the guy. You know, side by side. Equal. This you know, is. Arm in arm. You know, like brothers. Oh, my God. This, Thomas, perfect example of a racist because he <laughs> thinks he's fixing it. Yes. No, by it's saying, okay. By uh, making him. Like, listen, no, let's make it better. We'll put him on a horse and he'll be a sidekick to a yeah. white man. <laughs> Still not equal. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com.
about it, old man. I'll be back in business. Trigon, season two, episode one. Um, I got a big bunch of copy here that I put in. That was kind of a show description, but it kind of gives away the farm, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna read it. Um, but this episode was directed by Carol Banker and written by I don't even know how to say this name, but it's Akiva Goldsman. That's correct. Okay, and Jeff Johns and Greg Walker. And I there's parts of it where I felt like you could you could get that sense of Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff's work. Oh, yeah, kind of peeking absolutely. in there, which isn't a bad thing. Um, he knows all these characters quite well. Um, but the, man, this this episode, you know, it picks up right where we left off from season one, immediately drops you in. And as we were saying before the break, that is good, but also kind of really weird and bad because I I didn't know where the <laughs> fuck I was. And and if 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 you're going to go watch this. I would encourage you to don't don't just watch the recap. At the, maybe go back and watch, <laughs> watch the, last the last episode, episode. or you're going to come in not knowing what the hell's going on because it's been a, it's been some time, right? Mm-hmm. Since we've we left our characters, and they just throw you right back in as if you just watched that episode because it felt like this was a piece, piece of, of another of season. season. <laughs> now, was I the only one that also felt like okay? Yes, it was confusing, but also there were moments of like team there's a team vibe that was not there that suddenly was there at the beginning of this episode they, yes. they were calling each other titans like wait yes. a second yes. you never called each other titans and now suddenly all right titans let's go and it, and it happens later in the episode and i had to kind of piece it together mentally myself um at the end of the episode thinking back to the same thing you just said mike I'm, we never got what i would say was titans proper no it was just an introduction it was an introduction to all all of our cast of characters yeah and then by the end of the episode you you piece together okay so we've seen the air quotes titans right we've seen them this whole time but we didn't know it because they were never referenced that way yes and starfire we just got her and she's not a titan she's not a titan ever right and like that (laughs) it was dude it was was bad really weird because i was like getting like i hate to say it Dave, it was, wasn't weird. It was bad. You can say it. I was <laughs> getting the CW5. Yes. Ooh. That's what I, was I getting, said. <laughs> I was like, going, what the hell? Yeah. Wait a minute. Why are you calling them Titans? And then it only made sense to me at the toward the very end when you kind of get that idea. Oh, they were a team beforehand because Bruce uh, in the one dialogue right, between Bruce yeah. Wayne and and Dick, he says that, oh, you're back with your Titan friends. And that's where you really get hit over the head with it going, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. We had the Titans? This yes. whole time I didn't realize we had the Titans or that Titans already happened. And yeah. it's very, it's very. Com- it's jarring. jarring. And dude, it comes off as very shoddy writing because it's not just that. I can almost forgive that. I'm like, okay, so they're talking about tie-ins. Okay. The, the writing was off. It was mm-hmm. ultra cheesy. It was bad yes. acting. I don't know what happened. With the opening scene, I was so mm-hmm. scared because, again, huge fan of the first season. I thought it was fantastic. It was some of the best DC TV we've ever been given. I think everything on DC Universe has been pretty top notch for the most part. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they give us something so subpar that it did feel like I was watching 
an episode of the fourth season of The Flash. And I hate to say it. I, it was, it was really bad. The only thing that made me forgive it was after I watched it the first time, I was kind of like, what the heck did I just see? And then I read more about it, read the background of it, read about like the fact that, oh, he got cut. The episodes got right. cut. So he, had, he basically essentially said, okay, you're going to cut. I'm still going to keep this episode intact. But I'm going to choose to end it here, and then I'm just going to yeah. finish it up. Those because third, it did come together by the end. Yes, for me. it did. But man, it was 30 minutes of <laughs> jarring question marks of like, holy shit! And, and like I said earlier, you know, having Jeff Johns is not a bad thing. Yeah. But to what you said, Mike, about it feeling reminiscent of like a, a season four of Flash or even Flash, maybe this is where we see that bad side of it. Like, are we seeing Jeff's work from over uh, bleeding in? Bleeding in. And that's a little. I, I hope not because I. Please don't do this to me because that's what happens on the CW shows as well. You have a pretty strong first season for what mm-hmm. they are, and then it all falls apart. And I'm not talking just mm-hmm. oh it's not as good. You know, a lot of people can say oh the second season's never as strong as the first. It's not just not as strong as the first season. They become awful shows. Yes, awful and sometimes unwatchable. And, and but but that being said, they, they also can go in waves where you'll have a couple, uh, one or two really good ones. And you're like, maybe they're back on track. track. <laughs> and then they take a left turn. You're, you're like, like oh, we're, nope. we're going into the ghetto. This is scary. <laughs> but that's why that's why I said is like when I after that, I basically said, okay, what we saw in the first thirty minutes was the true ending of season one. Yeah. So, can, in my so opinion, did Akiva yes. Goldsmith write or Goldsman write the? Because I already know his work. He's an amazing He's writer. An amazing writer. So, did he write the second half? I think. I think <laughs> it was like that. It's a completely different vibe. I'm different talking. Vibe. It goes from a D grade yes. to an A plus. I mean, even the vibe, the aura, the atmosphere, everything changes a lot. It feels like a different show. It feels like it did in the first season because it returns yeah. to what. It should be about. It's about these characters. Yeah, it, dude, it was so weird. And, and what's weird about that, so hang in there, guys, as you watch it, get pushed through that 30 minutes because there is a payoff, You, but just know that you're going to be uncomfortable. But when we start off, we got... we got. It sounds like you're convincing your girlfriend to, like, give up the booty. Like, it's anal night. You're it's, like, all right, you know what? It's, it's going to hurt a little bit, <laughs> but if you just get past the tip... Yeah, just stick with it. Stick, stick with, with it. it. You'll become numb and you won't feel anything, right? <laughs> yeah. But, Awful. But, but we get in there. We get in there hard. And, and Dick's under Trigon's awful spell, which I had completely forgotten about, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Even with the recap. And everybody shows up as Team Titans that we didn't know we had. Yeah, exactly. And, and everybody's trying to get into the house, which again I didn't remember there being a force field bubble. I, I don't. I didn't. Remember I did remember that. Yeah. And, and they all start trying to get in, but we get that little nugget that Bruce is off traveling with the Justice League, as if we're going to see the Justice League, which we're not. Which we're not. No. So I, 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 I like. There's a part of me that I like when they make those nods because it, it, from a fandom perspective, it's like, oh, we're here. But then at the same time, I also don't want you to say it because I know I'm not going to get it. So well, it, ends, it, it ends the tease. It basically well, is like saying, yes, they are here, but they're not going to be seen. It's, it's, it's very reminiscent when they did that of Doom Patrol, when they constantly referenced the Justice League to Cyborg. Yeah, I feel a little differently about it. The reason why I'm okay with it because, and maybe it's because I've watched all the CW shows, 
And um, with CW, until recently, I call what they did and do a tease. They allude. They allude to things without saying it. And, and, and you're, there's Easter exist. eggs. There's Yes. At least here, they're not fucking around. They're like, hey, Justice League is here. Batman exists. Superman exists. You may not see them, but guess what? They're here. They're and they here. even make a joke at the end of the episode where Dick, you know, makes a, a comment. I think it was to Gar that they're going to they're going to go or he asked, are we going to go see Bruce? He said, no, nah. <laughs> Superman. He's like, really? No. See, I think it opens up your world a bit better and a bit. It allows you to open up the world a little more and 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 not have to pretend something doesn't exist when when we know it does. You and you can't really do that with a show like Titans. And I remember that was the discussion Bobby and I Bobby and I had when they first announced Titans. Like, well, can't pretend Batman doesn't exist if you're dealing with Titans. You just can't. You, you can't, and and at least we get to see Bruce, and yeah, and I, I like the casting that they did here. I really like the casting. I'm it, all about it. He's a good actor. Yeah, but when you see him with Dick, um, and he, and he's an older looking fella, anyways, I didn't feel that their age matched up the way that I I had in my mind's eye. He felt more like we were getting. Dark Knight Returns, Bruce, just a lot less beefy. Beefy, and um, he felt more honest. He felt a little bit more Alfredish. <laughs> I got that vibe too. I get that. Um, I think it comes off though. I think it. I think the Robin character comes off younger than he is. He's in his thirties. No shit. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be, and like, and Bruce Wayne, and the actor that plays Bruce Wayne, I believe, in his is in his mid fifties, mid to late fifties. Wow. Then he's he looks a little bit. It's not the age, it's the mileage. Yeah, it's the mileage. And that that's the thing that I was like telling myself is okay, this is a this is a much older Bruce Wayne. And I like the fact I loved that it. did that because one of the things that always bothered me in comics is like, well, Dick Grayson ages. Batman Jason ages. Damien ages. No. You look at Bruce. He's still in his thirties. Yeah. Well, when you got that kind of money, like, when you got that kind of money, you can have all the plastic surgery and all the fitness and nutrition routines and yeah. And it's like, but if they were to do that in in like a TV show, I think then you would be trading on like CW because I would expect that in CW. Well, he was born in 1961. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well. okay. And they look like they aged him because he has blonde hair. Okay. Actually, no, I did hear that in the behind the scenes, they did have, they wanted to age him because okay. they, they had to do like a, what's the term, Mike? Is it rotoscoping? I, I don't know. Him? I don't but know. like they had to actually age him up because they wanted to show that Batman's been around for a while. Yeah. I, well, rotoscopes where, where you cut the people out. Cut the people out. Well, he was cutting out his, um, his youngness. They were rotoscoping out his youngness. So stupid. I, um, I really dig it having this older Bruce Wayne and I know it's very it seems to be split right down the middle even on social media some people are, no one's talking trash about it but they're saying I don't know he's really a lot older than I would have thought or hoped he would be but I feel like we need to give it a chance because I think Agreed. it's gonna I think it's gonna end up working out great and the reason why I'm so psyched about this is because being an older fan of Batman I have read various stories where we do in fact get an old Bruce Wayne, even Batman Beyond. One of my favorite part about Batman Beyond mm-hmm. is that we get to see an older, older much Bruce wiser Bruce Wayne. 
And that was the reason why I liked Zack Snyder's vision as well, because he gave us an older Bruce Wayne, an older Batman. But the thing is, is that it's destined to fail when you're coming at it from the cinema side. The reason why is because when you're dealing with tentpole movies like Mm -hmm. DC films are, you can't have an old lead. No, it, it, there's it, a there's a lifetime of the of what you can carry out on. Right. And that's why it never will work in the cinematic universe. It just won't unless you establish a Batman now who's young and you get him going for the next 10 years and then you introduce a young Batman and do a Batman Beyond thing, then it can work. Or if you just do a Batman Beyond story with Michael Keaton, yes, that yes. would work as well. Give it yeah. to me. But I know for real, but this is where it works perfectly in a TV show. You know, you know who they should get to do this, Mike? They who? should hire Richard Linklater. Yeah. yeah. He, this is a guy who will commit the next 20 years for you to have 20 years of Batman. Yeah. Yes. He, he will do it. <laughs> He'll do it. Um, no, I like, I like your point though about the wisdom. I, that, that scene at the end with him and, and Dick. It was and, perfect. And, and if it was too, yeah. if, it, if he was too young, then the whole, story of dick just seems very disjointed because the way that they portrayed how dick views bruce is a father figure if they were to choose like say like if they if they got someone young looking like say ben affleck like in his 40s i don't think you can go that young i don't think i don't think it would it would work well for uh the actor who plays who plays uh no it'd be be more like the older bro kind of yeah This way, especially in the especially in the first season, I always got the vibe that the way that Dick views Bruce is like he's not like my brother at this point. No, 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 no. He's my adopted father. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, this is the right choice I feel for casting because again, we also have to remember that we get the idea based on the first season that that Robin Dick Grayson has been through it. He's yes. been through it with Batman. They've they've seen the Joker, they've seen Penguin. They've fought side by side. They're essentially pseudo celebrities as well. Yeah. The paparazzi's after them. They're snapping photos. There's news stories about them. So, it would make sense that Bruce Wayne is around this age. So, I dig it. I'm I'm hoping we get more Bruce Wayne. I know they made a big deal about the casting, especially the actor that they cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a big get. He's just coming off of the whole Game of Thrones uh, fame. So to have a cast like the, or to cast an individual like this, I can't imagine them using him in just one or two episodes. I'm hoping he plays a, a big part in the show. Not, I don't need a whole focus, but if he focus. has a parallel arc to Dick Grayson that helps push his story, because the story's about him for the most part, as long as they use him to assist Dick Grayson's story, then I feel like that's going to be a winner. Yep. So I want to get into uh, kind of that, that first 30 minutes. We don't have to drill as deep as I put <laughs> notes in here, but I, w- I do want to talk about it because it gets into kind of the, the psychology of each of the characters and what they're dealing with as Trigon casts his spells um, on them as they try to enter his little bubble world that he's in in the house where he's he's got Gar and, and, and Rachel captive there. And they all show up to try to to rescue them, but they're really coming for Dick, which is kind of, you know, Dick first and foremost, right? So Jason, Jason shows them. <laughs> I don't know get- why. Every time I hear Dick, I just laugh. <laughs> I'm such a child. Even in the show, let's go find Dick. Dick. <laughs> well, especially Dawn. She wants it. Oh, I would. Oh, God. I'd give her it. Oh, tons, tons of it. 
So so they show up and and Trigon slowly is manipulating them and getting inside their heads. And so it was really cool, although jarring, because that's where you get this disjointedness where you're like, what the fuck is going What's on? What's going here? on? But as as you see all these characters with with Rachel um asking Corey to kill her and and strangle her, right? And 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 she you think it's going to happen and then you're like no it's not going to happen but then it happens and then you see Corey turn dark and then you go to the next one you got you got Donna you know Wonder Girl trying to save her father her father and we see him get basically torched to death and and she goes and takes out you know the arsonist throws him out the window and then we go to to, to Jason seeing Bruce dead in the back cave which is cool, by the way, because we get to see, again, yes. season one. We see Batman. We do. There's a cape and a cowl, and we see it. Um, he's <laughs> well, just buried. Obviously, we'll take what we get. But we'll, take right. what we can get. We'll take what we can get. But then you, we get to see this badass scene of of Jason fighting evil Dick, because, you know, Dick's under Trigon's spell. And then it turns out we get to see the gun that killed Bruce's parents, wielded by Jason. And shooting Dick, Dick right in the head. Yep. Didn't see it coming. I, I didn't see I didn't I, mean, I didn't think they would actually use that reference. Right. I mean, you see the gun, you think, oh, but, but but then when you find out what the gun is and the importance, and then you go, well, that's kind of a weird thing to hang on to. But then Bruce but, has the whole bat cave full of weird stuff that he's accumulated. Yeah, it made sense to to us as Batman fans because we're like going yeah, Bruce would actually keep that. <laughs> he would. Okay, for those non-Uber Batman fans, some listeners out there, explain exactly what that what that gun. Well, means. that gun, the gun is the gun that was used to gun down his parents, and somehow, and he, somehow he got his hands on it, yeah. and, and now has it on display. <laughs> and I do, I do remember in the comic that they did cover that that he does really? have that in in display because Bruce Wayne is a wealthy man. Yeah, he could get anything. He could get anything he 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 need he wants, and yeah, he would get the gun that gunned down his parents because that's that course that core theme is something that is always going to be with Batman no matter what. Yeah, that that pivotal moment that, that pivotal caused moment. him to do and become what he became. It's I think for us normal folk, <laughs> maybe. Um, we wouldn't want to carry that yeah. particular it's a baggage. Bit, it's a bit twisted. But if you if you think about it, as even with mass audiences, we always know that what does Bruce always do? He always goes to Crime Alley. Yeah, he puts the flowers down. Yeah, Crime Alley is something he constantly visits. So it would make sense. And it was funny because I was like thinking, wait a minute, what's like? That's actually really smart. He, and he never really. Bruce never really went through the stages of grief, grief ever. Well, that's 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 a discussion that basically just the psychology of Batman. Yeah, where Batman, as cool as that character is, you don't want to be psychologically Batman because he no. is so broken. Yeah, and filled with grief and rage that basically it it consumed him. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, in true psychological studies, no, that leads to very uh, a, a well you do not want to go down. It, yeah, it, it's it's funny because it is the darkest of dark versions of a character 
Whereas you can get the same story of baggage and what that can do to someone carrying it from the Darjeeling Limited. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so the point is, don't carry the baggage yeah. and put that baggage. shit down. Well, that's the difference. And that's why I felt like that whole scene was fantastic, was fantastic. Even last year. Because the difference to go right along with what you two are saying is Batman's a man that never really truly dealt with his baggage. Mm-hmm. He learned how to manage it. Mm-hmm. He didn't and actually it. and suppress it. Whereas what's the difference with Robin that we're seeing Robin Dick Grayson is not just managing it. He's trying to work through it through, and right. deal with it. And that's why he had to leave Bruce Wayne. Yes. So it's a, it's a beautiful contrast between the two. It, it really is because he picked up all those bad traits and he, he kind of references it. He picked up those bad traits of how to suppress it and just push it down and never work through it or deal with it. And, and then, at one point just finally realizes like shit what am i doing i have i have to do better i have to be better i he have has, to grow he can't be bruce right and like that's what i really really liked was in that scene that harkens to what i i've always stated the difference between nightwing and batman is their moral compass nightwing is a character that's supposed to be hopeful you know mm-hmm. he does he he believes the good in people, right? Batman, on the other hand, is that person that holds on to that rage and basically says, nah, I expect the worst out of people. So, and that's where I can, <laughs> unfortunately, I can relate. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things as a, as a comic book fan of both the characters, I always love actually seeing the fans of Nightwing and the fans of Batman and why Nightwing, the argument, why Nightwing can never become Batman. While he can be come, he, he can, and he's done the cow before and he's done mm-hmm. fantastic. That whole story about Nightwing taking the cow, he can't take that he mantle. He can't take that mantle. Well, because- it would also, it, if he did, it would also take away from one of Batman's accomplishments, which was to rescue Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. not help him become him. And that was something that's also been covered in various comic books mm-hmm. uh, when they're dealing with Robin and Batman. And the psychology of the two, you know, one was um, born of darkness and the night and one can be born of light and be of hope. Yeah. And that's why it makes the relationship between Dick and Bruce that special. A lot of people always make fun of it. But in actuality, it's a it's one of those comic book relationships that stands the test of time. It really does. Because mm-hmm. they, no matter what. Dick will always be Bruce's adopted son. But the amazing thing was by Dick going past that grief, he became, he went from being his son to being his brother to being his equal. That is, and then being his accomplishment. Mm -hmm. If you look at, if you look at comics in general, there's not many, many character arcs that you could say, you could point to and say, damn, that's a really cool and positive character arc. That's a positive way of looking at it to go past and actually becoming your parents equal, becoming that person that basically that person looks at and says, you're just like, we're just like each other at this point. Arguably not even equal, but surpassing, surpassing him and becoming greater than, than what you, you started out as, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's an interesting arc. Um, do you think there is Anything we can glean from the fact that everybody chose a dark path? 
all the Titans. Yeah, and that's what I, I wanted to point out because the, the darkest. <laughs> I thought the darkest. You know, you could argue Jason um, shooting shooting <laughs> yeah. Dick in the face is pretty pretty dark. But for me, the darkest one was Hank. You know, ordering <laughs> ordering up. You know, delivery of H to H. the front door. Yep. And then and then getting Dawn to inject it and and why I think that's dark is one we we knew Hank was was dealing with some painkillers and demons and whatnot in season one, um, but what we really see there is Dawn's hell, her personal hell of her codependency with with Hank. With Hank, and we saw that a lot in season one. She was constantly dealing with that with him. She be she could be codependent. It's okay, <laughs> and I'll be honest the, with the me whole, for sure. <laughs> the whole the two characters of Hawk and Dove, I was scratching my head why are they throwing these characters in but in all honesty since season one and even in even the first episode of season two Hawking dove is actually one of the most interesting relationships because it it it, it, it asks the question about codependency it does and it's interesting too because you had the love triangle where she was once with dick dick and he's he clearly knows he screwed that relationship up. Um, Dick does. But then Hank has all these resentments towards their relationship as any new boyfriend would have for the old boyfriend in most situations, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it creates this weird love triangle that we, we see play out quite a bit in season one and they deal with it a lot. But then to kind of mirror that back in this season and you're still dealing with her codependency and she's she doesn't know how to grapple with it but in this weird um dark vision if you will to then inject herself oh god it was so it was very weird but back to what you were saying mike that just the um just the whole 30 minutes of this dark vision and, and <laughs> do you think those opening 30 minutes are done. And that was just the way to end season one. Or do you think it's going to be dual purpose? Do you think there is something we can derive from their choices that will come back as a way to foreshadow, I guess, events? Uh, do you think it'll be relevant later in the season? Because there were some dark choices. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, part of me feels like in order to get into what has now been set up for season two and the, and the, and the main villain and the story arc, you almost have to let this go or you're going to have too much stuff going on. Yeah. But like the choice of, um, the choice of, of Starfire and her whole mission and, and purpose was done, right? Well, it, but it was to kill Rachel. Yeah. And then to your point, it's done because she didn't do it. But does she now have to come back and and do something to make up for that? Or and what's her purpose? Why is she going to stay on the planet yeah, now? Why be here? Yeah. And and with Donna, you know, Donna gave somebody her car. Isn't she going to want her car back? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, that's why. That's why she's the only one I'm not. I she's the only one I'm not very drawn to yet. Really. Yeah, I, don't, I yeah. don't know why. Maybe she came in a little too late in the season I last year. I think she year. came in too late. Do you think that's what it was, I Dave? She came I think in, I think she came in not just too late, but it felt a little abrupt and forced. And, yeah. and I don't feel like you always have to give setup for every character. And Agreed. there is a way to look back and, and, and kind of not foreshadow, but backshadow. Yeah. Um. 
but with her in particular, it was just a really odd play. And, um, and Hawk and Dove, again, it felt kind of odd a little bit at times because we never got to see Titans 1. Titans 1.0. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't see that, but we it keeps getting alluded to. Alluded to. And I think that's what, especially when you think about it, they didn't get knocked out of their personal hell. Like, they didn't conquer their personal hell. They no. didn't. They got released from their personal hell because Trigon got defeated by Rachel. Yeah. Yes, and, by Raven. Right, Dave. And that's why I'm wondering if we still need to work through these. I, I, believe, these that, I believe you do. I think, I think you do. And I think that's why Starfire in particular will have to come back. I don't know how you bring back. Well, I guess with Donna or Hawk or, or Dove, I mean, any of those three could always have to come back to help contribute and save the day. But especially since since we know who the big bad is. And there's a history there. Yeah. At least that's what we're being led to believe. It might have to take the older Titans to come in because the new Titans aren't, they're not trained yet. They're well, not ready for the task at hand. When they, when they introduced Deathstroke, I knew that basically, okay, the older Titans will have to come back because there's a reason why Deathstroke wants to kill all of them. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a reason. Spoilers, David. Yeah. Spoilers. And, uh, I'm sorry from that scene when he opens up and basically they talk about, yeah, I had to clean off the blood splatter off of it, and Dude. it I couldn't explain it to the dry cleaner, so I had to kill them. And I'm like, going, what the fuck? I I know we only saw a few moments, but You've I got think, a lot out. Of those I, few but moments. you know what? Just the the way they built it up and everything that went with it, the music. Uh, his, but it was a completely different shift, right? It, so, oh yeah. my god, it was so it was so jarring, it, it, so it, different. It, it was jarring, but it felt it felt like one. It felt like it, like you said, Mike was written by a completely different oh, yeah. person. It felt like it was directed by a completely different director. It felt like it everything felt like it was produced by a different studio, correct? <laughs> it, or like it was a completely different show that just got merged into another show. Um, and hopefully it stays this way for the rest of the season. Yes, because this felt more of how I felt about the first episode of yes. the first season. Yep. And that's where, man, if this, if that would have been how they, if they could have opened up season two. With, with that scene? Well, not, not just with that scene, but with, but with Jason jumping in front of that camera. Like you could have picked up season two at that point yes. of Jason jumping in front of the camera. He, God, he's so well written. It's screaming. Titans are back, baby. <laughs> bitches. Titans are back. Bitches in in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. And then, and then cut to Deathstroke. And oh my God, awesome. that gave me, that gave me such comic book chills because I'm like going, don't, no spoilers. Don't, mess, don't, don't make him, don't make Deathstroke angry. <laughs> Not right. if you're a titan. I dig Don't it. Don't make him angry. I dig it. Well, how do you guys feel about um, the actor cast as Destro? So I didn't look into this. So here, here's my thought, Mike. So I'm sitting there watching it, and, you know, he's got his, like, gruff beard on, and he's shaving and whatnot. And I, I didn't look into the casting. I, I'm trying to go into some of this stuff a little bit blind mm-hmm. so that I don't get, um, especially after the casting of Bruce, I don't want to be tainted or biased. Um, and it took me a second, but it didn't take me too long to realize who that actor was and his f- best role that I've seen him. And I know he's been in a bunch of stuff, but, or I guess I should say my personal favorite role of his goes way back to bad boys. Yeah. With Sean yeah. Penn. That is such a good goddamn movie. And anytime it's on TV, I don't care how many times I've seen it. I will stop what I'm doing and I will watch that movie. It's so good. He's a good actor. 
you know what? He's been in a lot of things throughout the years, a lot of high profile TV series, a lot of films. And uh, dude, I think this might be his biggest high profile casting. I mean, he's playing Slade Wilson. Yeah. That's a career changer. How, How do you think that happens? Someone finally realizes that they're managing gold. Like, hey guys, you remember SI, 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 what's his name? SI, 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 SI. I think it's SI. Uh, you, you guys, you guys remember we managed SA Morales. Who? That guy that we've had on our, our, our management. Uh, we've been managing him for like 40 years. He's been like in CSI and random stuff. Um, how about we put him in for the role for Slade Wilson? You guys want to try, see if we can get that for him? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it seems out of nowhere, out of left field. I, I cannot recall. I mean, I mean, I know I've seen him in bit parts and he was on like what? One of those investigative TV shows, uh, the crime shows. NCIS. Yeah. And so how to get away with murder. Chicago PD. Ozark. He played Dell when he was very intimidating in that show. Uh, the, uh, the drug Bateman. Yes. Okay, so that was the last one I saw him in. You're right, you're right. Criminal Minds. Uh, um, From Death Till Dawn, the series. He played a big part in that. The Brink, Criminal Minds, The Cleaners, Jarhead, Fa- Fairly Legal. Some of these are shitty, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're good paychecks and big <laughs> network shows. So this guy's been around forever, and that was all. Everything I just read off was just from 2012 until now. That's great. So yeah, so he's been working. He's getting a steady paycheck, but he's not getting his comeuppance. I think this will be it. I this will think be this it. is it. I think this is it. Because yeah. just in those opening seconds, when he's looking at himself in the mirror, I'm like, dude, this guy has it, dude. And then the- once he shaved, it he looked, he looked like Deathstroke. Well, dude, when they walk into that room yeah. and you see his costume and the mute, the, the score mm. was on point. Yeah. yeah. I like, got chills. I'm not a huge Slade Wilson fan. I like him, but I, if they're able to evoke those types of emotions in me on a character that I'm not 100%, 100% all about. Right. That's a win. So, and, and I personally really enjoyed what they did on arrow with him. I thought they, they did a really good job. Um, personally now visually when they brought on um, the dude from True Blood to, and they cast him mm-hmm. for the film that we never ever will see yeah. he looked good yeah but it didn't feel right it didn't feel right well we also only had him for a few we only had him moments, for a few right? minutes but yeah. it didn't feel right because again maybe it was because of those few moments but there was no proper setup it just uh-huh. felt no. weird and yeah it, it's so it felt right to me too because like i was watching this and i'm like going i can see him squaring up against bruce wayne because both actors did phenomenal to me mm-hmm. and they fit the characters and notice fit the that universe notice the age as well right he's yeah. an older gentleman he's just older like gentleman. bruce wayne and i'm like going this is perfect casting dude this was absolute perfect casting so in this episode because out of left field casting too like i yeah. like when they do that because it shows that a showrunner is willing to take a risk on a talent he obviously saw something in this guy he probably wasn't on i just made a joke that the management team put him on the list but he probably wasn't on the list for this type of role 
No. And the showrunner said, you know who I really like? S.A. Morales. That dude is in everything. He's great. And I think he would be fantastic. And I'm sure the studio was like, what? Who? Who? <laughs> but yeah. we have like 30 people here that we would suggest. You yeah. know, so that's usually the showrunner when you have a casting like this. He I, obviously I, saw something in the actor. I hope that's what we learn at some point is somebody threw out that name and fought to get it. And that he proves to to be what we think it's going to be. So if I have an expectation for this season, it's that he will get his due. I agree. To perform. Oh, absolutely. I think that if as soon as I saw that entire scene, I'm like going, okay, they just sold me on season two. And it I set, need and it to set, watch season two yeah, now. And it set our tone. It set and, the tone. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, but what what I didn't care for beyond the jarringness of that 30 minutes was how we ended that entire uh, hell scene of all these people's <laughs> demons where Raven, we we know she's powerful, but we never, I don't feel got the sense of how powerful and she never learned about her powers deeply enough to know how powerful she, she is. She didn't even know who she was or what she was. Yeah. And then she kills Trigon. Yeah. Like, well, air quotes kills because we don't know. Maybe he could come back, but I sure felt like I, he I disintegrated. Think, no, I think he uh, he got banished. Well, it, that's what the, the but thing how would I got. she know how to do that? Yeah, I, I agree, Steve. Like, no, no, but I I'm going to try that. to forget the last thirty minutes or the first thirty minutes. I'm going to pretend they didn't swamp thing us because that's what they did. They did, in fact, swamp thing us. It, it but in this, it, dude, I don't know what the between, fuck happened. The difference oh. between this and swamp thing was. We all know that this had to be the ending of season one. Yes, Dave. Them defeating we Trigon. know that, but David, we know that because yeah. we went and read the articles, or, <laughs> yeah. or we perused the areas we perused where this the area this would come up, and we would we would care to read it. Average Joe TV watcher. Yeah, that's that. That's the tough part because it's kind of like they can fix it though. They, they can, can fix it. They can't. Well, nothing will ever be able to fix the the shitty writing, but <laughs> they'll be able to explain things if they don't just drop the the problems that these characters have. Because the problems that each one of these characters had was such a big part of their characterization and their development mm-hmm. for the first season, and it felt like it was over first 30 minutes it felt like it brought all those problems to an end because everybody was working together teamwork we're gonna go do this and then even the way this episode ended it was like all right we're okay we're all okay and i feel like that's a bad choice and i'm hoping they're not listening to the naysayers because social media even though for the most part this show has been reviewed favorably there has been a a loud minority They've been saying that they're tired of the turmoil and the angsty vibe of all of these characters. Let's get past this. Let's have a good time. This is Teen Titans. And I'm hoping they ignore them because if they want feel good, happy, go lucky, tune into the CW every night at seven. Yeah. Go go see that. Because the DC universe has a distinct style and they're telling grounded reality based stories in a fictitious setting. And that's what I want. Right. But but I, I do like that that Dick picked up the kids in the kid wagon, <laughs> the and, kid wagon. And, and and talked to Bruce and Bruce I want to know it and I'm good. sure we'll yeah. find out Bruce said under under one condition I have to know what that condition is don't say that and not tell me yeah that that was because it was like 
I'm like, okay, they could do the easy route and basically say, well, the condition was he has to take Jason. <laughs> but that's oh, way that's too kind of what you know. What? I didn't even think of that. That's way too easy. His condition because, was, um, all right, I'll set you guys up, but you have to introduce me to that Starfire lady. Because pretty, the, some pretty that steamy. Chocolate. Because that, that whole scene with him and <laughs> Bruce was cool. I'll, I'll, I'll say it, it right now. It was, that was my favorite moment, besides the Deathstroke stuff, was Bruce Wayne. It was really, really well written and acted. acted. And, and, and the, way, the way that Bruce, he did carry that wisdom. Um he was very reserved, but he listened. And that's not a, in past incarnations of Bruce with any of the Robins. Yeah. He didn't listen. He didn't listen. And this was a moment where he sat back and listened to what his, his you know, adopted child was telling him. He, he truly and genuinely listened. Do you but, think that's a statement they're making purposely showing us, showing the audience that this is a, an aged Bruce Wayne. This is not just a, he's not older just because he looks older. He's also wiser. He's matured. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also makes sense, especially when you take into, when you take into account the, all the other series, because we all know that Titans ties into the other series, how the justice league is viewed at this point. I mean, you remember Mike and doom patrol, the whole thing with Cyborg, the way they portrayed the Justice League was they are gods among us. You know, they're the A, A team. You don't mess with them. They've been through it all. They've, they've gone and dealt with people like, you know, maybe Darkseid and Joker and all of them. And when you're dealing with, a, with the characters like the Titans and especially like with characters out of sorts like the Doom Patrol, they're like going, no, when that character shows up, He's a grizzled veteran at that point. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got when, when Bruce sat down and I did really like the fact that you got to see a, a almost like a softer version of Bruce, because even mm-hmm. in the comics, I don't think of the version of the comics would ever sit down and listen to Dick Grayson. No, no, I don't he think wouldn't. he would. <laughs> but, but it's interesting because I didn't think for a second and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because now it gives me stuff to ponder. I didn't think that in, his request would have been to take Jason. It made, I was thinking at first because he mentioned that, Oh, Jason is rough, rougher around the edges and he needs sanding. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. sense. And we know that we're not going to get sanding of Jason. (laughs) If they use, um, if they use that as the ability to set up what we know happens with Jason, Jason oh my and we God. get that in season three or seven, season four, I'll yeah. drop my pants and jerk off right I there will, on the spot. I will, I will, I will praise Titans to the heavens. Yes. If they, if they dare go there, I, it if would they be decide amazing. to go down that road and actually say, okay, Titans, especially deal be- with death in the family. It, 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 <laughs> yes. And it would be so brilliant because even if you didn't, so here's more of my expectations, DC, um, DCU, or I guess I should say Warner Brothers because they're the ones that fuck it up. Um, what what I would really like to see is a season three where that happens, and then by season four, their big bad that they have to deal with is the Red Hood. Oh, it's to deal with Jason? Yeah. As, like, that would be really cool. They've got to do it. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I, I hope so. I hope we get that much longevity out of, out of the show. But, um, you know, then it begs the question because he's taken – Jason, and if this is really going to be for the long haul, is Tim going to show up at some point? Shoot, is Damien going to show up? <laughs> well, we got a lot of seasons to get. Yeah, a lot of seasons to get through. But I, I, I do like that 
you know, he took him to San Francisco. Interesting choice to go to, you know, right there off the wharf. It, it kind of made sense to me because I believe, like, even in the cartoon, that, that was where they that's where they were. Up? They were on the West Coast. Okay. I think. Okay. I want to say that. That's why I was like, okay. Especially when uh, they use that line where Dick looks at Bruce and says, I've been really thinking about San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, going, Please don't. About I mean, Titan Tower. A bunch of homeless people there. I mean, <laughs> it smells like piss and shit. Yeah, you don't need to go there. What, <laughs> if, what if Bruce said that? <laughs> Why do you want to go to the poor people? Well, yeah. I want to say I want to say poor people. That's a that's a very expensive place to live. Yeah, just like a filthy living. It is, yeah, it's just dirty. Um, but but I I do like he's got that swank ass pad. Yeah, and and it was cool. That's see- a bachelor's pad. Oh yeah. It very much plenty of is. room to bring Starfire in and Dove. God. Come on, ladies! <laughs> mm. But I, but I, some I, chocolate and then some vanilla, and she was really vanilla too. And then I want hair. some vanilla and then some chocolate. Mm. Mm. But I, I like when they walk in and they, they he's he's looking at the costumes or well them in their co- the yeah. costume uh, cavities, if you will, where they're supposed to be on display and and you kind of get that reflection and that's the only time where we go oh oh there there's our two or our 1.0 that we yeah the 1.0 yeah. we didn't know or see but um i like the and i in that i like the foreshadowing with jason because if you watched that scene you're like going, he wants to get into a lot of fights he's gonna run into a crowbar oh <laughs> god I, as soon as they did that shot and they showed him like with all the weapons and stuff like that it gave me like flashbacks to to death in the family it, i'm going a crowbar is gonna hurt him <laughs> I, I hope i hope that's what they go with it it, it would be cool if, if we know now we can bring in bruce we've seen the cowl sky's the limit sky's, sky's the, the limit. limit bring in an aged joker I we, we know that superboy is going to be in it this year i forgot about that I was, I we was know that crypto is going to be in it this guys, year were you guys surprised that nothing it's too much i'm we glad just, they didn't we literally oh. just got the tease of 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 Connor and crypto at the very end of season one and then season two opens up nothing yeah we couldn't we had 30 minutes of of stuff to really really get through i, I couldn't have taken crypto yeah it's too, it would have been too much it, <laughs> and and the, yeah and the it would have disrupted the whole reveal of Cadmus. i was like going nothing of Cadmus. yeah, yeah that struck though <laughs> again i think there There's was too much there was too much and it was uh there was something going on again behind the scenes that kind of derailed the the plan or strategy of how we were going to edit these things out, roll them out as episodes. Yeah. And so yet again, we we all want to smack the WB uh, executives. Yeah. I think. But um, let's hey, wrap they it up, Batman. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> Batman. Okay. But let's uh, let's wrap it up and give some final thoughts here. Um, go ahead, David. I, I I put some in the notes, but feel free. Give us give us some thoughts. Final no, final thoughts on on the thing. I mean, as everyone can probably tell from us, I liked this episode. It yes, it had me really worried in the first like 20 15 minutes for me, but after watching it multiple times, I kind of get it. And then especially with the reveal of Deathstroke in the end, you can't have Trigon floating around. Trigon's yeah. got to retreat for right now. Because there's a bigger threat now. There's another Teen Titans threat that's coming into play. And when they showed that, I was like going, okay. The fact that they just kind of brushed Trigon out of the way really quickly. 
willing to accept for right now. <laughs> but that has to, just like what we alluded to, it has to, that still has to play into, into this next season because we've just saw the darker half of all these characters. And the thing that the strength of Teen Titans just in general as kind of like a, a comic book franchise is they focus on very personal storytelling for each of these characters. And that's why these, those characters are so personal to a lot of fans because we get to see them in their go down these really dark paths that no one ever thought compass could ever be taken. Uh, visually I have nothing exactly wrong with everything visually. I liked everything visually, except I have to say Trigon up to the, up to a point. I don't know if you guys felt it, but like (laughs) it started uh, off so cool. And I was like going, okay, they got the, they got the eyes, right? The 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 horns, the the transformation was was awesome. And then when you get outside, it's like, maybe I'm just spoiled from swamp thing. (laughs) Maybe but that was managed to hide a lot of the visual effects, the lower budget through a lot of darker cinematography last season. And they chose to have Trigon walk out in the middle of broad daylight daylight. and when you're dealing with light and cgi it's a lot harder to color grade and blend the cgi into a scene so that it looks more natural unless you're throwing you know marvel money right yeah you're you got what we got especially when you get to a scene that basically should be really when you think about really cheesy where he rips raven's heart out that was cool that was cool but why was it cool because it was in the dark and we didn't see like if you saw that in the light it might look a little cheesy everything in the house looked fine because they were doing a lot of trick shots they were were showing things uh, at the edge of the frame they had some blurred moments where they were choosing to mess with the the lens and then they had a lot of deep focuses and rack focuses while he was walking and it helped sell the Uh. The whole entire scene in terms of how you should feel it was a great way to help the audience understand what was going on in there it was chaotic it, but yeah I, I do agree once he stepped outside, he was, stepped outside well, I'm like, it wasn't awful it just looked more like something you'd see on legends of tomorrow opposed I, to sci-fi channel yeah, sci-fi yeah channel. It, it looked so i put in the notes it looked chintzy to me it looked oh my god so i'm not cheap. the only one no it looked <laughs> cheap the, the eyes details were details were, were correct, really cool but the execution, yikes. But besides that, honestly, I really like the visual effects. I love the cinematography. All the tricks, like what Mike was talking about, I got, it, it was so fun just watching them. Okay, how are they going to do this? Oh, yeah, you can simply do that. If you're if you're into cinematography, It's this is the way you can shoot a low-budget superhero show I, and I, make it look good. The The, the two... Shots that really stuck out in my mind um, was when Dick was chasing after them. Well, three actually. When Dick, Dick was chasing after them, and they were uh, Gar and Rachel were in the room, and they did an above shot that where the door was like in the middle. Well, not really in the middle, but like three quarters into the frame or a quarter into the frame rather. And so you're kind of looking at it like a like a Legend of Zelda dungeon Mm -hmm. where you're looking over but you see both sides of the door it was just a really cool shot the way it was framed it was a cool shot and then the the low angle camera uh going behind the snake as it slithered as gar was in his snake form and then also just how they shot the conversation with bruce and dick and the way that they 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 framed 
Bruce, where he was really at the far right of the screen and you you left the background behind him. It forced you to look to the right of the TV as if Dick's sitting right there. And then when they flipped to Dick, Dick's to the far left. It was just a really... Sometimes I, Dick is to the far left. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got a leaning that way. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mike? I love the episode for the most part. I can forgive the first 30 minutes only because the final half was pretty good. I mean, the first two or three acts, I'd say it's rough. I'm not going to pretend it isn't, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give the showrunner and the producers the benefit of the doubt because they gave us 11 fantastic episodes, 11 and a half fantastic (laughs) episodes. So I will forgive a little bit of a wonky stutter step, especially because it's not their fault necessarily. It's Warner brothers and the studio for choosing to cut the episode order. Once again, cutting the legs out from under their people. Will they ever learn? No, they will will never learn. They will never learn. So I'm not, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm going to take what I liked out of those first 30 minutes and forget the rest. For now, for now, if the rest of the season ends up being as wonky and jarring as the opening 30 minutes, then I will continue to bring it up and I will berate everyone on Twitter (laughs) and all forms of social media. Yeah, I man, it it was it was really questionable there for a minute. And and I'll be honest with you guys, um, you know, Mike had texted me earlier today. and I was crying, dude. He he texted me. He's like, have you watched it yet? Uh, No. and and he got my he got me a little worried. And then as I'm watching it, there was a point in time where I'll be honest with you, I I was worried if if I was going to shut it off and even finish and just be like, sorry, Mike, but um. Dude, I, I, okay. When I text you, Steve, I was only thirty minutes in. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's happening. I'm going to text Steve see if he watched it yet. And if you agreed with me that it was awful, I was just going to say, dude, I'm not going to cover this shit. Yeah, it was. It was. I didn't even get thirty minutes in before I started feeling that way i was maybe 10 or 10 minutes in, and i'm like oh my god what happened did we jump the shark already yeah um but you know what Let, let's hang in there let's see what episode two three and beyond bring us um you know you guys you guys said it pretty much all what i was thinking um it, it was it was overall i can deal with it and and i can live with what we saw because of what the tail end brought us um, the setting up of Deathstroke, we got to see his badass costume in his whole arsenal room. Like, holy <laughs> hell, that's cool. Um, I want him to use all the gadgets and gizmos in there to really beat some ass. Um, and, and I hope we get to see stuff where it's not just him going after the Titans to get revenge um, for what Titans 1.0 did or or whatever. Hopefully we find out what that was. Hopefully. Um, I also would like to see him pull off some small jobs to get to that point, to set that character up a little bit more than just to kind of establish to, to establish that he is dangerous and yes, dangerous beyond what, what we know, like he, he has to really be a threat and we've seen what these guys can do. And if we know Starfire can come in and do what she does, he has to pose an extreme threat. Yeah. So set that up. The one thing I, I, I just hope they don't do is they rely on Batman saving the day. That's the thing. They're not going to do that. I don't think they will. Yeah, they but won't do I it. I think they will have to bring in 
1.0 characters. 1.0 characters. And, and, and that uh, I can understand. As supporting, as supporting. Correct. And that's it. Like they did this week with, with Bruce. I thought that was a great way to flesh out Dick's story for the season and to give us closure a bit for his feelings or a, yes. on his feelings for the first season. I think in that way, if they continue to use those, those A-list characters, I don't want to say A-list because I feel like a lot of the Titans are A-list. Um, but it, it's I guess very the, true. the big swinging dicks. Yes. Like yeah, bring, use them as supporting and that's it. But, but I'm a little scared with the introduction of, of Connor and crypto because of how overpowered that yeah. could potentially go. Yep. And I, I almost, I, maybe people hate me for saying, I don't give a shit about the dog. I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't either. I'm sorry, but like, I don't know a Superman fan that truly does, dude. Why? Like, why would you bring that in? It's cheesy as fuck. Because dude. it's, I, I, it's, it's part one of the thing, character's mythos, it's, especially Connor. It's I've, I don't I'm care. A, I'm a big star. I'm a big Superman fan, and I, anytime Superman's flying and Crypto's flying next to him, I'm like, <laughs> this is stupid. There's a reason why I've never, we've never seen Crypto in live action. So if they make it. Dude, no, dude, no. It's gonna Nothing. be hard. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard, man. It's going to be hard. Nothing about that character makes any goddamn I will, sense. I will laugh my butt off, Mike. If by the end of the season you're gonna go, I love crypto. Crypto's the best. <laughs> Crypto's the best. It makes no sense on any planet, universe, whatever that crypto would. What exist. do you know about Kryptonian science? They, I, there's no way. I'm not buying. They have dogs. No, not having it. I saw what Krypton looked like <laughs> on. I'm not going to say anything because I know things. Because okay, I don't, I'll we, spoil we it. Wrap. We so got to no, wrap. Yeah, we got to wrap. We got to wrap. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show of DC on RMD Titans edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future DC on RMD episodes through DC on RMD.com. Be sure to follow us on the Twitters at DC on RMD. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash DC on RMD or on the Instagrams at DC on RMD. Catch you later. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour.